Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to this week's Geek Town Radio. Uh, today I have Matt with me. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks for having me back. It's good. been a little while. Yes, it uh, has. And yeah, it's been a while, thanks for having me back. <laughs> uh, so, how have you been? What have you, what have you been um, watching and playing? Uh, well, just before I joined this call on Skype, I um, was playing some Batman uh, Season of Infamy. There was, because there's some, because I've just gone back to Batman and there's some DLC stuff and that, that I just went through. Um, I started the Batgirl DLC. There's uh, one for each, like, side character. So there's one for Harley Quinn, one for the Red Hood. Um, there's one for, you know, Nightwing, Robin, Catwoman, yeah. Batgirl. Obviously, Batman has the main story in that. Um, so I've been going through all of those. It's been really good. Um, they're quite cheap as well. They're like one pound sixty. Oh wow, that is um, cheap. That's for, that's for, for Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight, yeah. Cool. Um, they did come out last year, but I've uh, I started playing other stuff as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're they're like one pound sixty each, which is a lot of people when they first started coming out, and um, a lot of people said, oh, they're like they're only like an hour long. Uh, they've lasted me longer than that. So unless they <laughs> through it very quickly um but i did get like caught and die a few times on different ones <laughs> than that but uh because i realized i hadn't played it since like i think it came out in july um so i needed to relearn all the controls again yeah um, that is the problem when you put a game down <laughs> yeah but fantastic game um and a, a bit with rachel gall rachel gall rachel gall yes rachel um, gall rachel gall and then there's some other ones i can't remember but i'll find out next time i go on it <laughs> so i've been doing those as well um played fallout and finished it as much as you kind of can um i did the story basically and i'll go back and um do some side missions eventually yeah uh, i've done great game so yeah, yeah i've done three of the four endings on that i think um right uh, uh yeah. i i've not done the um brotherhood of steel ending that's the only one i'm not done yeah i did do i didn't the two factions that i didn't sort of go against was uh the Minutemen and Brotherhood are still and yeah. I kind of ended up doing it with the Minutemen um yeah well the but, Minutemen kind of stay um it's uh, kind of neutral throughout regardless of uh who you actually go with I think so yeah yeah and then um yeah so basically I went with them and then uh yeah, I'm gonna go back and do the other side stories and stuff like that later 
And then I finished, it took me just about a week because it wasn't that long. Did Ori in the Blind Forest, which came out ages ago. Oh yeah, how's that? I've seen that. Uh, Yeah, finished that. Incredible game. Um, Amazing, like music. I I don't really notice good music sometimes in games, but when it's as good as what it was in that, you really feel it like kind of kicking because there's sort of dialogue although it's spoken in like a different sort of language um so it comes up in text and you sort right. of read it like that yeah, yeah. um but yeah probably i've picked my i wouldn't say top five games of the year but five games my five games of the year basically i've picked um and that's in there as well oh cool uh and then i what else did i play rise of the tomb raider um finished that and went back and done some assassin's creed but sort of got sidetracked <laughs> and then i picked up disney infinity 3.0 oh, i remember yeah. you saying i remember you saying you played it before. Yeah, yeah yeah i had to sort of google a few things because i was a bit confused i think i understand most of it now um <laughs> yeah pretty good and then i went and picked up because i got the starter pack which is the anakin uh yeah that woman's name i can't pronounce uh uh it's isn't it I wanted oh, to get Yoda, it's, but it's I've got Ahsoka. four figures now. Yeah, is, is it Anakin and Ahsoka in the start? Ahsoka, though? that's it, yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then caught up with... It's weird, I've caught up with Arrow. Now I feel like I'm waiting ages for it to come back. <laughs> I had like season... End of season one I was on, and then two, three, and then half of four. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's quite underrated. I've heard a lot of people talk about the show, and I, I feel like it's kind of underrated. Like yeah. it's not as good as something like Flash or Daredevil. It's not quite, you know, to those standards. Yeah. But I still really enjoyed it a lot. No, I mean I really enjoy it. It's just, it, it's not quite up to the level of Flash. I think you know, and considering yeah. Flash grew out of Arrow, you know, but um, yeah. I I think it's it's good. I I do enjoy it as a show. I think it's really good. I like kind of the sort of martial art fighting scene. Yeah, they really done really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's pretty much all I've been doing. That's quite a lot, but you know, <laughs> yeah, um, no, that's quite I, a lot. I brought The Witcher, but I won't dare to start it yet. Yeah, <laughs> I need to finish some other things I'm doing. Uh, so, I've, I've, yeah. I've bought uh, Witcher one and two, and I, I got so bored of them um, that that right. I I struggled to I just couldn't be bothered with with the second one. Um, it just seems to take ages to get anywhere and do anything. So. <laughs> I know they're supposed yeah. to be really good, but Did you say you had an Xbox One. I have got an Xbox One. Yeah. I've got uh, The Witcher Two. Apparently, is free at the moment. Oh, if you, is it? You'd have to you'd have to go through the Xbox Store because okay. it'll be a 360 title. Uh, like the way you download the games with gold, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's free at the moment, which is pretty cool. Okay, um, I, I've got it on PC anyway. So um, yeah. But yeah, I I just struggled a bit with the second one, and I, I don't think I actually finished the first one either. They're, they're perfectly reasonable games, but you know, this I know the stories are supposed to be quite good, but I just didn't click with me at all for some yeah. reason. So, you know, but it, some games are like that, you know. So, yeah. I, I did do like the first hour of The Witcher, and it just by the first hour, I was thinking, no, I need to kind of finish the stuff that I have because I can just tell how enormous this game is, yeah. And uh, I don't want to, you know, be jumping in between too many games, so. yeah. No, that's always a problem. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll wait till I finish my other stuff. Yeah. Um, um I, oh yeah, I just bought Halo Five as well. But oh, I can sort of I can sort of jump in and out of that for like, you know, fifteen, twenty minutes. Yeah, it's a good game for that. Sort of. games. Yeah. Um I'm mainly on Star Wars the Old Republic still at the moment. 
that's that's been my my main gaming uh, right. for the last three weeks. Yeah, uh, ever, ever I since... did play some. I did play some Battlefront. Um, it was all right. Yeah, I haven't been back on Battlefront very much. Yeah, um, I, uh, a lot of people said that they're getting not bored of it, but they've kind of seen everything that's there. Sort of yeah, yeah, they need to get the uh, the content out a bit quicker with that. I think. Yeah, um, and it's fine, but. Um, I don't know. I'm. I'm. I'm it's just of, lacking that something. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. It's it's fine, and I'm, I've never been hugely into shooters anyway. So, you know, it, it's okay as as that sort of game goes. But I'm I'm really enjoying playing through the storylines on um, Old Republic at the moment. So I'm I'm still working my way through that. That's my main gaming thing. Um, in terms of TV and film, though, I've had a few days off. So uh, I've had Adam down for for. Um, for a few days, uh, who some of the longer term listeners will remember, I'd, I'd been on the podcast a number of times. Um, but we came down, he came down to, to stay for a few days. We went out and saw uh, Hateful Eight, um, which yeah. is uh, is really, really good. It's a, it's a fantastic, I mean, I know it's had some criticism for being a kind of a Tarantino's greatest hits and it sort of is, but it's well put together. You know, it's, it's well done. And, uh, the storyline's great. It's, it, it takes a lot of, of the stuff that Tarantino's learnt over the course of doing all his movies and, and does kind of, there are elements of, of each of them in some of the characters and how it's constructed and put together, but then it's a Tarantino movie. So you kind of expect that. Uh, you know yeah um but it's well worth going to see i really really enjoyed it um in terms of films i think i need to rewatch uh star wars (laughs) because um i but i know it's a strange person to talk to about it but when i got the disney infinity thing um my mom like noticed it and then we started talking about star wars and then i got caught up in kind of what happens to what characters? And I was like, yeah, I need to rewatch it again, um, <laughs> which I know is going to be quite time consuming. Um, yes. Because then, you know, we need to watch uh, Force Awakens after. But I don't, I don't, I don't think I should watch Force Awakens until I kind of refresh my memory on, you know, the others. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. you've, yeah, well, you're not of the generation that grew up on it really as much. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's quite yeah. interesting. I have this conversation with some of the uh, lads at work who are, are far younger than I am. And uh, it's interesting because they're not of that generation. They're more your sort of age. And, and um, you know, they've, they've kind of not grown up on, on, on following Star Wars like, you know, I did of, of having to wait for it to be released and all this sort of stuff so so it's kind yeah. of interesting i'm uh, looking forward to re-watching those and that see how that goes yeah i'll probably i'll probably want to play um battlefront and disney infinity once i see those because uh, <laughs> i started playing disney infinity i was like i want to watch star wars so, <laughs> and then it's done yeah. its job <laughs> yep yeah um uh what else did we see uh the martian which i know has been out for a while but i hadn't got around to seeing and uh Popped up yesterday on um, as a as a movie to buy on Sky, so um, okay. So decided to watch watch that. That's a fantastic film. Um, Matt Damon's superb in it. It's, Is that the like space thingy? Uh, yes, it's um, it's Matt Damon. And that's probably a bad description. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. slightly vague. <laughs> yeah. um, Matt Damon yeah. basically gets stranded on. Um, 
um, Mars having been left presumably for for dead by the rest of the crew because he gets hit with a piece of flying debris. Um, oh. And uh, uh, this all happens very, very early on in the film. So, uh, And that's the basic setup for it is he's then stranded on Mars and they assume he's dead. So it's how does he survive? How does he contact Earth? Um, how does he get back home? You know, that sort of thing. Um it's just brilliantly put together. It's very funny. It's written by, um, it's directed by Ridley Scott. It's um, written by Drew Goddard, who is an ex-Buffy writer and also okay. wrote uh, Daredevil um, and a number of other sort of popular the, um, TV shows. Daredevil film or the... Uh, no, no the, the Netflix series. He was involved oh. in the Netflix series. Um so yeah, I mean he's a very experienced writer and and he's just brilliant and it's got those kind of little nuggets of of humor that you get from like Buffy episodes and that sort of stuff in as well. Uh you can see that's kind of filtered through. So it's um it's really good. Really really enjoyed that. Um uh, How long is that? Uh it's I don't know, a couple of hours. I'm not entirely sure on the exact length, but I'm quite Dangerous, or not dangerously, but quite far behind on films. Uh, I've been kind of just wrapped up in games and TV for a yeah. while. I've got yeah, a lot to watch. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I yeah. when we did the awards, when we did the Geek Town Awards this year, I was looking through the list of films going, well, I've not seen that, not seen that. <laughs> you know, there's yeah, so much yeah. I haven't seen. Um, but uh, Hateful Eight's definitely worth seeing. Martian is definitely worth seeing. Um Inside Out is worth seeing, which is the Disney Pixar movie. If you've not seen that, that's brilliant. No, not seen it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's that's worth picking up. They're all starting to come through on on DVD and stuff now. So uh, yeah, so yeah, I saw um, Ant Man today DVD. Uh, yeah, anyway, but, yeah, yeah, yes, Ant Man's a great only, film as well. There's we only superhero again. thing I haven't seen. So yeah, Ant Man's very very funny. It, it would rank just below Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, for me as being kind of the second funniest of of those Marvel films. Um, really, really good. Uh, Guardians good. of the Galaxy was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy was fantastic. It's very similar kind of humour to it, um, but uh, yeah, that that's a really good one. Um, also, spent like so much time watching TV series over the last few days as well. Uh, first episode of Into the Badlands, which is on Amazon at the moment over here. Uh, it's an AMC oh, series. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. AMC, so no, AM, AMC had that, yeah, because yeah. they had, yeah, that started after, um, they had that after Walking Dead, yeah. in their, their time slot then. Yes, but, yeah, uh, they did, yeah. Um, but that's really good, it's, uh, uh, when you've seen the first episode of that so far, but yeah, uh, set in a sort of dystopian future where the, where the Badlands is kind of this area, I presumably of America, which is kind of run by various barons, um, and it follows a sort of lead character that's that's works as essentially an enforcer for one of the barons um and it's a martial arts kind of thing uh basically but that's that was really good watched the first episode yeah, I, looked, I looked at the trailer that and i was quite interested yeah um, um, but then i'd been watching a lot of arrow fight scenes so was, <laughs> uh, yeah in, in that kind of mood watched yeah, a lot of fighting really yeah. enjoyed that um Watched a, a, a load of episodes of The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which is on Netflix, uh, which is a Tina Fey comedy series. Um, very reminiscent of, uh, is it 30 Rock, the, the um, yeah, her, her TV it. show? American thing, yeah. Um, 
yeah, very reminiscent of, of that sort of humour um, and kind of very slight, you know, kooky, odd, off-the-wall sort of uh, just goofy yeah. kind of humour. I, I watched the first seven episodes of uh, Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. I, I just couldn't quite get into it, but maybe when I have less to less content to get through, I'll... Yeah. Uh, look into it again um so, so yeah yeah that i um i i thought was quite good uh, i've got to go back and watch the rest of those i'm also two episodes from the end of narcos and i was in two minds about whether to watch this or not and yeah and we thought, i am as well thought i'll go and put it on and and see what i think <laughs> and uh and so because we were looking for things you know we were sat on the sofa kind of just flipping through the channels looking for stuff to watch this weekend um it's absolutely superb it's, yeah, it's. It, I watched the trailer and it looks kind of like a Mexican Breaking Bad. You're not thing. a million miles away, actually. It's yeah. There, there are elements of uh, Breaking Bad to it, elements of things like The Sopranos to it. Um, uh, it's a true story um, with with slight embellishments, but a true story of uh, the Mexican cartels. Oh, sorry, the Colombian cartels. It is, uh, and uh, and the war between the US and the Colombian cartels in the 80s um and uh, particularly centering around Pablo Escobar who was the drug kingpin uh who at one stage was making 60 million a day through bringing oh. drugs in uh, <laughs> to the US um I mean you know to the point that he was making so much money he was actually literally burying it outside because <laughs> he couldn't launder it in any sensible way so the only thing they could do would just bury it in pits um i mean it's 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 incredible uh crazy amount of money yeah yeah. i mean the 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 amount of money he made was just just ridiculous so i can't remember how much walter white makes in breaking bad but i don't quite think it was that much (laughs) no it's not that much at all enough yeah money um But if you like stuff like Breaking Bad, if you like things like The Sopranos, those sort of shows, um, Narcos, definitely, definitely one to watch. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, uh, how many episodes? Like a little 12-episode thing? Uh, ten. ten. Oh, okay. I think. Lay an hour? 15 minutes? Uh, 45 minutes. Because oh, okay. it, I think it, it's... Uh, yeah, I think they're around 45 minutes each, I think. Um, okay. So, you know, not a huge amount to get through. Um and as I say, we watched most of them. I've got two left. We watched most of them this weekend. Um, uh, that's just sort of, it was one of those where we sat and started, thought, oh, we'll see what it's like. And you watch the first one and they're like, next one, next one. <laughs> and just sat like yeah, till 2am last night. I remember, that, I remember that just after watching the first uh, Breaking Bad and I was like, I have to see the rest of this. Yeah. Because then I knew it. I, I knew it was also wrapped up properly as well. I knew it wasn't like, is it still on? Is it going to get cancelled? Whatever. Yeah. I knew it had like wrapped up like perfectly yeah. um just from what I, I didn't know how obviously at the time but I yeah. it had wrapped up well i was like yeah i'm watching the rest of this <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah, yeah. i mean breaking bad's one of the few perfect series that just ties up beautifully um yeah. but narcos definitely want to watch uh and it's on netflix right now so you know um if you've got a netflix account go and watch narcos it's superb uh, i'm guessing it was renewed for second season then um, I'm not sure because it's. Uh, or is it meant to be like a one? It might be a one-off. Season. I'm not sure whether it's running a second season or not. Um, it, it's difficult because obviously it's a real-life event thing, so it may be one of those situations where it would have to run kind of like an anthology thing because it, this is specifically about 
the drug trade in the 80s with Colombia and um, Pablo Escobar. And mm. that story has a definitive end, you know. So um, it, it would have to probably take a different story but take the same sort of idea maybe. I'm, I don't know. Mm. I don't know what they'd do. So we'll see. But, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I, I think it's really, really good. Awesome. Um, I'm consider- I was considering look- speaking of Netflix. I was considering looking at uh, House of Cards. Yeah, well. I mean House of Cards is a great, great show as well. So much stuff. <laughs> yes, there is so quite a lot of stuff out there yeah. for you to, for you then, to go and watch. At least we're not all bored and don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Just spoiled yeah. my choice at this point. Um, yeah. So uh, let's go move on to some uh, film and TV news. <laughs> The uh, first story this week, which has been everywhere uh, since it was announced a couple of days ago, Stephen Moffat is leaving Doctor Who and being replaced by uh, Chris Chibnall, uh, who is the guy that's taking over, who was uh, the guy that created Broadchurch, but was also showrunner on Torchwood, which I completely forgot about when I wrote the article. But but yeah, he was also the showrunner (laughs) on Torchwood. Um, Yeah. Moffat said of the decision feels uh, odd to be talking about leaving when I'm just starting work on the scripts for season 10, but the fact my timey-wimey is running out and Chris is doing his last run on Broadchurch, uh, I'll be finishing up to the the uh, best job in the universe and keeping the TARDIS warm for him. Uh, it took a lot of gin and tonic for him to ta- be talked into this, but I am beyond delighted that one of the true stars of British television drama will be taking the Time Lord even further into the future. Um at the start of season 11, Chris Chimnall will be the new showrunner of Doctor Who and I will be thrown this skip. Um, so, uh, Is it Broadchurch's last season then? Season I, three. It certainly sounds like it. So, yeah, I thought season two was going to be. So, yeah, uh, yeah that would make sense. Uh, so, yes, mm. that would make sense. The other piece of news that came out as part of that is that there is going to be no new series of Doctor Who uh, this year. Which is uh, yeah. I can't imagine too many people happy about that. No, that's that's <laughs> yeah. the bit that's sort of slightly glossed over in a lot of the articles. Um, so yeah, we, we're going to end up with a Christmas special this year. So that'll be Christmas Day again, I suspect. Stephen Moffat's final season, which will be series ten, that will be airing in the spring rather than in the autumn. So they've basically bumped that back six months. Um, so that'll be spring next year. Then Chris will take over, presumably, I'm guessing he's going to take over for the Christmas special for next year. And then you're looking at um, the final, then his first season to be the year after. So Chris's first season will be 2018, (laughs) I guess. Or, I mean, it might be that they... They run them very close and you end up with a season in spring and a season in autumn, but I find that unlikely. I suspect that you're going to end up with another season, with a season either uh, Stephen's final season being spring 2017, and then I would think you're going to end up with Chris's first season going to be either spring 2018 or they may make it, put it back in its autumn time slot, in which case it's going to be autumn 2018. So don't know. Uh, they haven't uh. kind of worked that out yet. But... They're saying the decision to move it was because there's things like the Euros and the Olympics and all that sort of stuff coming next year, and they wanted it to be a, 
uh, oh, sorry, later this year. So they wanted it to be a big kind of national moment thing for the final season for, for Stephen. Uh, that's the excuse they're giving. I mean, I imagine, I, I suspect the real reason is that they've got that, they're trying to get episodes of, more episodes of Sherlock made. They're trying... Um, uh, they've got this new spin-off series called Class, which is coming to BBC Three, which I think Stephen's still involved with. So he's got quite a lot on his plate at the moment. I suspect he just can't juggle everything at the same time, and and that's probably why they've moved it. But yes, so uh, yeah, that's a bit of a shame. Um, there are, are going to be some very upset people with the fact that we're not getting done. It all eventually. Yeah, it'll all come out. And <laughs> yeah. it's, as we pointed out, there is, you're not short of stuff to actually go and watch. So <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so, uh, next story, um, as I know you're a huge 24 fan, there is, there is a a new 24 in the works, uh, without Kiefer Sutherland. Um, they have announced who they're going to have as the lead in that. Uh, the lead character will be a guy called Eric Carter and the guy that will be playing him is Corey Hawkins, who is the, uh, guy that played Dr. Dre in Straight Outta Compton. Um, he will is playing uh, Heath on The Walking Dead as well. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, because yeah. I, I googled his uh, name yesterday because I was like, oh, I want to see who this guy is. And um, yeah, he's because uh, he said the article said recurring Walking Dead. Uh, yes, I've forgotten Heath. that. You're you, so, you're right. Yeah, um, the leader of Twenty Four is also going to be in The Walking Dead. You must be very uh, happy well, about not that. Of Twenty Four, <laughs> but Twenty Four Legacy. Um, yes, so, uh, I, I imagine he'll look different to uh, Heath because uh, the pic- I remember when I first saw the picture yesterday and then they said it was Heath I was like is it because <laughs> um, he's like got like really short hair and that um, on the picture I saw and then on Walking Dead he's got that kind of longer hair um, okay. so very interested to see how that plays out um, what I'm hoping that they do is hopefully they have this start sometime this year if they've just cast him now um and then obviously they have to cast other people because they can't just have him in it. Yeah. Um, and then they've got this. I think it's like that female lead is kind of going to go into kind of be side to side with him, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, the the basic like an older female character. Yeah. The the basic setup is that. Um, uh, Corey will play Eric Carter. He's a soldier, soldier who has been away at war. On his return to the US, he finds that trouble from the conflict abroad has followed him home. Uh, this compels him to go and talk to CTU to help save his life. But as he's there, um, he then goes on to help stop what potentially could be one of the, a large-scale terrorist attack on American soil. So that's that's the basic setup for it. Um, so he, he's not actually part of CTU when it starts, but he goes to CTU to help him out. Although the original show is centred mainly around uh, Jack Bauer, this one will have a strong female lead. Uh, it was a woman who with a long history at the agency and a former head of CTU. Um, there will be li- likely be mentions of former CTU members from the original 24 series, um, and some of them will fe- featuring yeah. some of them featuring photos but there are no plans for any of the original cast to um return i to kind of look at this as like fear the walking dead to 24 kind of thing yeah. you know, as if it's the same essentially same the same universe. thing but yeah. i know it's not a prequel story to um 24 but no. like the same thing just for different characters yeah basically is what it is that, um that essentially is it yeah um it's, yeah, it's um, basically taking the same idea and it's it's going to be um 
an entirely new cast, but it's taking the same sort of premise. It's written by the same people. It's written by Manny Koto and uh, Evan Katz, directed by Stephen Hopkins, who helmed the original 24 pilot as well. Um, that it, it is, I, I'm not sure whether it's just a pilot at the moment, but I, I can't imagine they'd have I, to do I something. I did hear pilot, and then I heard that there was it was uh, going to be 12 episodes, like Live Another Day, which I think is a um, pretty good choice, uh, because... Some people said that you know the whole uh, to have a full twenty-four season is quite uh, kind of too long. Maybe they could do similar to what they did in Live Another Day, where they had a time skip. Yeah, um, which would be very interesting. Um, I'd kind of take this as you know this is twenty-four for now. Give because uh, Kiefer Sutherland kind of wants a break, sort of thing. So let him have his break. Yeah. Um, and then maybe we'll see Jack in. I, I know we already haven't seen him for like yeah um, a while. But um, yeah, kind of watch this for now, and then when Jack comes back, finish his story. They'll probably when I'll say when Jack comes back, he'll probably only yeah. have one one more season. Um, yeah, and then kind of just I I up. it wouldn't surprise me if if at some point um, if if they it may be a case of they've given it the you know, they've done a pilot or they they decide to do say a 12 episode run and then expand the run it wouldn't surprise me if jack turned up as a as a guest spot at some point later on or you know yeah um or if they go to a second season you know whether whether they rope him in at some point and they start to merge the two together a bit that that would seem quite likely um that'd be pretty good because yeah. I, I, I don't think he's going to be one of the producers, I think he's going to be. I, uh, I think he's going to be involved in this some kind of way. Yeah, because uh, he was um, producer before. Yeah, I'm not sure, but um, mm. it wouldn't surprise me if he gets back into it at some point. That yeah. that would seem extremely likely. Uh, so, um, yeah, you've got yeah, that. Very, look, very looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I do like 24. And, you know, I love Homeland as well, which is produced by the same guys. Oh, Homeland's brilliant. Yeah. So, you know, and, and they managed to uh, keep Homeland going without, you know, after taking out one of the lead characters. So, you know, mm. I, I think they, they, they know how to advance a format, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. So if we have whatever 24 for 12 episodes and have Homeland for 12 episodes, that would be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. Yeah, yeah. So, We'll uh, we'll see we'll see where that goes, but um, so there's that. Uh, it's I'm look, just one final thing on it. I'm looking forward to seeing like a first kind of poster yeah. for it and seeing what he looks like as Eric. Um, yeah, I keep forget I keep forgetting that name, which is kind of worrying. Eric Carter. But, uh, yeah. yeah, Eric Carter. Just so used to Jack, but yeah. um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the first kind of poster we get to see with him. Yeah, and him see yeah. what he's like and that. He was and then, he uh, was really nice good. He was really good as Dre in uh, Straight Outta Compton. So yeah. I'm. You know, I I really enjoyed that movie. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, it is pilot season in the US, so we're starting to hear of the pilots that they're they're um, they're picking up, or it's pre-pilot season, I guess, because they're starting to hear about the the things that they're starting to commission for for pilots. Um, another one that's that popped up on my radar it's from uh, sean ryan and eric kripke and it's a time travel action drama called time imaginatively um, <laughs> and it's uh, it's been picked up by mvc for a pilot um described as back to the future meets mission impossible apparently uh, okay 
High-octane drama following an unlikely trio travel through time to battle master criminal, a master criminal intent on altering the fabric, fabric of human history with potentially catastrophic results. The reason that this really interested me was because uh, Eric Kripke, some of you might recognise the name because uh, he's the guy behind Supernatural um, and did the first five seasons of Supernatural and has, has appeared as a character uh, in the show. Not him, but the name was used as the author because it gets very meta that show uh, okay <laughs> um, they, they had a character in the show called um eric kripke who was responsible for writing supernatural books in the show <laughs> it, it does get very meta that show um he also wrote Re- revolution as well which i really quite enjoyed i only ran for a couple of seasons but i i thought that was quite a good show um and i was, I was it was a shame when they took that off um sean ryan he's probably best known for the shield he also made lie to me and uh, last resort which is the the show with the big naval boat thing on uh, the Rose <laughs> sky one over here um so yeah i mean i think it's an interesting group of people behind it time travel dramas are quite popular right now ironically yeah. as as, as doctor mm. who goes off air for a year you've got this you've got this yeah. as a potential pilot and you've got mm. um legends of tomorrow which is basically a time travel drama coming as well so i'm looking forward to that yeah 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 so no, i'm really looking caught forward up in some trailers the other day yeah yeah and today as well yeah. so um I'm I'll flash I'll about. flash an arrow in that because I'm sure I've seen them in a post or something. No, and I didn't they, see them in the trailer. They were there was a a clip thing that they put together to push it to. Um, I think they they either needed it for Comic Con or they were trying to sell it, the idea into to the CW. Um, right. So the, there's a sh- quite a sort of early trailer which had a group of them on a rooftop. And Flash and Arrow were included yeah. in that bit. Yeah. Um, they then reshot it without Flash and Arrow because Flash and Arrow aren't basically aren't involved in the show. <laughs> um, so but they've got. Um, is it the Atom? Yeah, Atom is. And uh, Sarah. Sarah oh, uh, White Black Canary. Canary. Who, yeah, who is now White Canary in the show, and it's got um, the uh, two boys from Prison Break, um, Heatwave, and yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's got uh, Heatwave, Captain Cold, Firestorm is the other one um, yeah i've heard that um the prison break revival is happening in march which sounds a bit soon because if they've been doing legends of tomorrow and prison break yeah that, legends of tomorrow's just started maybe um, over in the us maybe it's filming in march maybe they're going straight into it but i don't know they're, they're only they've still, they've been very busy. <laughs> yeah and they, they've mm. still got episodes to shoot of legends of tomorrow so um ah. Uh, I, oh. that does Walking sound Dead a bit does that. Yeah. yeah yeah but then they have the you know December break, January yeah. break yeah yeah. The, yeah. I mean it, well that's quite common you know shows go to air without um, having finished I mean 24 did that because I yeah. mean that were, the 24 when it first aired they only knew they were going to have 12 episodes so they got they wrote up to about 12 episodes and then had to figure out how they were going to finish it which is why you get that that weird amnesia thing in the middle <laughs> that first scene yeah <laughs> Um, so yes they'll, they'll probably put I imagine then they'll put Legends of Tomorrow on a break film the rest of it and then they yeah they'll have time for it so, uh, yeah I mean they'll, they'll figure it out um, one, that's yeah. one of the things I want to say there are a lot of people complaining about the fact that um, we're not getting Flash Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow until the 1st, 2nd and 3rd of March I yeah think why is that that's kind if of you annoying look, if you look back historically yeah how it's aired um there is almost always a gap between the middle of February and the middle of March. 
So Quite annoying. <laughs> there, is, there is a month that's taken out of the US airing schedule. So, the, so they could bring it back a week after it airs in the US, but yeah. it's only going to be for a couple of episodes and then it will go off air for a month and people will complain about that. But the problem is if it's following the US air date, that would have to happen. So what they've, I think they've done is to take that gap out. They've just decided to air everything the other side of that gap. Like they did, with, like they're doing with sort of Gotham and Shield. Like instead of taking that break, just air it because they're both yeah. airing in chunks, aren't they? Yeah, because so, because uh, they well, they were uh, yeah. it's exactly the same with Gotham and uh, and and Shield because they both have mid season. I've enjoyed those they, a lot as well. Yeah, the, yeah, they've uh, been really good. the. the uh, Season three and two. Yeah. So um, they're, they're, but it's exactly the same thing. And that's the reason why they're doing it. It's always a problem for the UK broadcasters because they're kind of damned either way. Yeah. Um, but at least we get the shows. So yeah, you know. we do. And it's not a huge break. It's just that they're trying to take those gaps out. And that's, that's the reason. Um, yeah. So uh, speaking of Arrow, by the way, they've got a new um, character joining um newish actually uh there's there's a character called vixen who is going to be joining she's actually been on a, an animated series which is a tie-in and set in the arrow universe and that's been running on um the the cw i think it's been running on the web and i think they've got a cartoon channel in the us as well um so it's been running on that the same actress that voices it on the cartoon show is going to be doing it live action as well it's an actress called megalyn ichiwuki ichiwuki i don't know she's got a horribly (laughs) pronounceable last name um she's coming across from the animated show into the live action show she provided the voice on there Uh, vixen is a uh she's mara mccabe is her other name she's inherited the ability to mimic and use the power of any animal thanks to a totem which was passed through her family so she's a um she she sort of inherits the power of animals she's supposed to be appearing on the 15th episode of the season four but yeah so did we take breaks on there was nine something like that yeah so yeah uh, so yeah yeah, so we'll we'll have her turn up actually on screen should be good um, yeah. So that's a new character for that. And um, if you're wondering what Stephen Fry is going to do now he's uh, left QI, uh, the, there was an announcement yesterday that he's joined the cast of Sky One's Yonderland uh, as a character called Cuddly Dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, I, I, I love Yonderland. It's a it's a very very silly show. Um, if you've not seen it, it's basically about a sounds quite silly. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's. Um, it's about a suburban stay-at-home mum who is told that she is the chosen one by an elf who appears through a portal in her cupboard and then transports her <laughs> to Yonderland, which is a, a, a magical place that's threatened by the e- evil Nagatus. Um, and uh, it's, it's a combination of uh, human actors and puppets. Um, it, it's, it's done with mm. um, a, a puppet workshop in London that used to be affiliated to Jim Henson stuff, so it's those sort of puppets. Um, it's just silly and very funny. The uh, cast that write it are the same guy, the same group that wrote horrible histories for BBC, uh, and it's all those guys playing all the all the human characters in the show as well and doing voices and stuff. Um, it, it's it's a it's on at like 
half past eight or something but it's very it's kind of very silly very family family friendly kind of show uh cuddly dick which is stephen fry's character is a former elder who returns to yonderland having been imprisoned away for years so um yeah it's um interesting thing to to pick as your your sort of first acting role after after you stop presenting a uh a show yeah uh, he was in uh 2411 all day. I can't remember yeah. the name of his character. It yeah, didn't no, he played much, Prime Minister, but... didn't he? He played the British Prime oh, yeah. Minister. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yes, no, he did I'd... really well on that. Yeah, I, like, well, I, I know really he wasn't like... in it much, but uh, yeah, I do really yeah. like Stephen Fry. He's uh, he's a, a fascinating person to watch, and and uh, he will be missed on QI. But I, I'm glad to see him go back to do acting roles. That's quite good fun. And then he did. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but he did a little thing with Keith Sutherland after it was near. Christmas 2014. Right. Um, it was like Kiefer Sutherland was uh, burgling his house, and then <laughs> yes, yeah, no, he did. I remember, I remember that. seeing that. Yeah, I can't remember the name, but uh, no, neither can I. That was a. It was a Sky Arts show, wasn't it? Yeah, Sky Arts. Um, yeah, and it was sort of a um, almost a Scrooge kind of idea mm. of a tale, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, it was yeah. really good. I remember that. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's all the news for this week. Next up, we have an interview. So the interview this week is with the writer and director Christopher Butler. Um, he's responsible for the film called The Scopia Effect. Idea behind the film is, is reincarnation goes horribly wrong, causing glitches to echo through reality. Through hypnosis, Bastia um, has opened up parts of her mind which should never be accessed, releasing dark energy. The lines uh, between her past lives and her current life starts to blur and upsets the violence of her very existence. Um, reality becomes increasingly unstable as she battles to hang on to what is real. Um, so it's it's kind of odd, trippy um, film. Uh, it, it's, it's beautifully, beautifully shot and on a shoestring of a budget. Um, so Christopher was a really interesting guy to talk to about this. Uh, the If you want to catch the movie, it comes out on DVD on the 15th of February. Uh, so here's the interview with Christopher. I hope you enjoy it. Hello. Hi, Chris. How are you? Very well, thanks, David. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. Thank you for coming on and, and uh, talking to me today. That's okay. Thank, thanks for the invite. <laughs> where are you? You're down in London? Yes, I'm in London at the moment, um, which is where I live. <laughs> uh, yeah, crazy, chaotic, but, you know, it's where everything seems to be, so. Yeah, yeah, I know. I get invites down to things all the time. I'm up in Birmingham and I get invites to things down there all the time. <laughs> To be honest, I, I enjoy getting out of London whenever I can. I've, I've lived here for like 15 years. So um, I think London's awesome when you're kind of like, you can just visit it almost like a tourist. But yeah. when you have to function and work and you're busy, it's yeah. like everything's twice as difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like it. I like it. I'm not complaining. <laughs> well, you're not native. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, it's expected. Uh, you're not native. Yeah, to uh, to to London though, obviously <laughs> by the accent. <laughs> no, I'm Liverpoolian, uh, born and bred originally. Uh, well, I always said that's how I got into films. I, I was never into football growing up, um, so I had to bond with my dad through something else. So I was, basically, films. I, I was going to say, I'm surprised you didn't get thrown out of Liverpool for not being into football. <laughs> I, I, I just bowed out gracefully. I think I just said, I'll, I'll leave, shall I? I'll, yeah. I moved away from Liverpool when I was like 18, and 
at the time, like, just wanted to escape. And as I get older, I'm like, like 37 now. I'm like, do you know what? I kind of miss it now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's all is forgiven now. Like, <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. You know, it's like when you when you that sort of age, you just want to get out from wherever you grew up. And I, I did yeah. the same thing. I moved from like. Birmingham. I ended up in Stoke for a bit, which is not exactly miles away. And then I went down south for a bit and then kind of ended up at the other end of the M6 in Liverpool and Manchester and then ended up back down here again. So <laughs> I think I'm going to do the same. I'm going to end up being a bit of, is it Reggie or Perry? Was it Reggie Perry, the TV show? <laughs> yeah. Where he quits his whole life and ends up back in the exact same life again. <laughs> yes, quite possible. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, you're, you're, um, you're on to talk about your film which is called yes. the, the Scopia Effect. Mm-hmm. That's the uh, one. That's, I have got that right. Good. <laughs> um, so do you want to explain a bit about the movie? Um, yeah. So uh, Scopia Effect is a, a completely independent um, British feature film. Yeah. Uh, it took three, just over three years to film the mm. movie in, uh, for principal photography. Uh, and I say entirely independent, as in it was literally, you know, beg, borrow, and steal, pull in favors, and uh, any any means possible to get through production. Um, it was a very ambitious script. The, the the initial script was budgeted at like six million, and because <laughs> of the multiple because t- of the multiple time periods and multiple locations, and yeah. the, um, at the time we had um, literally zero. <laughs> So let's do it anyway. So anyway, we battled, we battled hard for over three and a half years, and and we and we did it. So so the film is is um, themed around reincarnation, and it's about a young girl who, whilst undergoing hypnotic regression therapy to try and get to the bottom of and resolve some childhood traumas and issues. Uh, something unorthodox happens, it goes wrong and the therapist goes too far back in time and she starts to recall her previous lives. And after this, in her day-to-day life, echoes and, and uh, experiences from her, from her previous lives start to overlap and interfere with the present day. And it, it starts to spin out of control, you know, time itself becomes abstract and distorted for both. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The lead, the lead character and for the audience. And, uh, and it all goes a bit crazy from there, really. So and that, that's all I want to say about spoiling it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. I think that's that's a fairly accurate description of it. It's uh, it is a very kind of interesting movie visually. I mean, you you're. I'm assuming you didn't manage to raise six million to actually do it in the end. So um, no, I I mean, did, we did it on nothing really. Yeah, we just did it on. Uh, uh, no, what you what you lack in money, you make up for in ulcers and, <laughs> and, and your health. And your well-being and your sanity and all those things. We literally, 
we we just went out. We well, what we did, we we had this approach where we thought, well, well, let's just keep painting ourselves into corners. <laughs> so we started to plan a chunk of the production, and because because it's multiple time um, time periods, so I think there's six altogether. So we, we treated it like six film shoots, yeah, shooting each previous life. As, uh, so we we start to plan a, a, a block of filming without, before we had any idea how, where the money was going to come from for that particular block. And we found that was quite, like I said, extremely stressful and, and, to be honest, horrible. But you know, it it it, it starts the process. And yeah. We start looking time, talent, locations, you know, the, the crew, all that kind of thing. And then we think, right now, we need to find some money. But <laughs> you know, once you started the process, then you can invite people in. You know, I, mean, I think our, our, our biggest single investment was probably like seven thousand pounds, and <laughs> this is someone who just wants, to, you know, you know, I just want to be involved, kind of come along on set, blah blah blah. Yeah, okay, um, and and that and that's how you do. It. So so once you've started to plan something, and you, you're not you're not asking people, can you give me some money to make my film? You're saying, hey, look, we're filming this on this date. Here's the storyboards. Here's the cast. Do you want to be part of it? And then people tend to say, "Yeah, that you know, that sounds like something I want to be part of." It's already happening. Yeah. And so that became the and we lived like that for three years. <laughs> We'd raise a small amount of money, and then think, and then it was never enough. So we try and think of ways of making it go further. Uh, luckily, I never had to sacrifice what I wanted in the film. Usually, people take a scalpel to the script and start yeah. to small, and it defeated the object for me because. You know, I'd, I'd, I worked in advertising for like nine years, doing you know commercials and um, everything from outdoor posters to websites to everything. Yeah. Uh, from grocery creative behind it, and then I was like, well, if I want to compromise, I can stay in advertising because it was always a compromise. <laughs> and say, you yep. can say for your first film, <laughs> two people, one location, you know, keep it small. So I was like, no, I don't, I, I don't want to. I want to do something big and, and ambitious because. By, by doing something that's massively ambitious and, and, and terrifies yourself, well, then that becomes the fire underneath you that guarantees you're going to get across that finish line. Without that, to be honest, there's, there's, there's not much fuel behind it. So it's just, like I say, fear, yeah, yeah. <laughs> stress, anxiety. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the only way. There, there, was a, there was a quote I, I saw recently because these things have been popping up all over the place uh, from David Bowie, which was, was something along the lines of if, if you're comfortable in what you're doing, you're, you're not pushing yourself hard enough, basically. So, you know, that, that seems, you seem to be uh, living up to that. <laughs> that's exactly it. I think especially, you know, yeah, anything like that, if it's music or production or film production, if, 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 it, if it feels comfortable, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, totally. I, I, I could, I can entirely uh, agree with that. But uh, yeah, I mean, you've you produced this, you know, fairly, as you say, it's a fairly kind of epic in in scope uh, film because you've got, um, you know, these multiple time periods coming in, and you know, I'm I'm assuming you didn't, you were shooting all of this in the UK as well because you weren't using, although you were you were trying to kind of be epic you weren't using foreign locations for some of this despite the fact that a part of it's set in china and part of it's set in like you know yeah. so um so that was sort of converting areas of the uk to look like ancient china well it was ancient japan but ancient um, japan sorry yes yeah, you're quite right yes yeah, sorry yeah i mean the good thing about being you know being based in london 
or, or any or any any major you know capital city is you know is a microcosm of every culture in the world. So you know, sourcing caste, you know. So for example, the Japanese um, story within the film is a good example. So we we got some good Japanese talent and. Um, yeah. And they're the kind of go-to crowd for a lot of films that involve Japanese cast. So these people were in Last Samurai and 47 Ronin. Yeah. And they're also kind of fight, fight choreographers and that kind of thing. So they're very, you know, they're very um, seasoned you know, film people. They come in and do a job. Uh, and then when it comes to creating the illusion of like ancient Japan, I mean, ancient Japan was filmed in Peckham. <laughs> like, like seriously like no one, people don't believe me when I say so what we did is uh, there's this one scene that's it's not composited that there's, there's no green screen it, it's it's just we just we just found an, we found out there was a Japanese well I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing um, quotation marks in my fingers now a <laughs> Japanese garden in Peckham yeah. <laughs> uh, which was brilliant because basically it was a it was a small little um, section Japanese themed section garden Within Peckham Rye, that had the kind of um, the the kind of the plants and trees and stuff like that of you know from Japan, but um, it was as well manicured as, as Peckham. <laughs> so it was, <laughs> it was kind of because a lot of Japanese gardens are like very well manicured. So yeah, and literally you know, the, the scenes in that we're, we're having to edit around a couple walking past in the background of a pram <laughs> and. Pizza with an iron board from Argos and stuff like that. <laughs> so you know, it's 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 a classic case. It's, it's what you, you know, what you allow in the frame is the only thing people will yeah, see. That w- and that's then what some, some. I mean, there are exteriors in the film. People will say, well, "How did you get those like, mountains and stuff like that?" And we literally just looked for a cinematographer who lived locally. We did we did a location scout via Google to find the mountains and exteriors <laughs> we wanted. We found a DOP who lived near the mountain and then contacted him and said, Hey, you don't know us. Um, can you go and get us some shots of the mountains you live next to? And we'll like we'll, you know, we'll just do a um, PayPal transfer for a day's pay. And that's and that's how we did it. So, you know, the, the DOP in, in the UK had to write a long list of technical specifications what lenses we use what lighting the angles so that it all matched up yeah and then the guys over at method studios in chicago who did uh, post-production they worked their magic and you know digital painting kind of thing yeah and there's some of the nicest shots in the film i think this looks authentic and and cool well yeah so you find you you just if you get creative you get really creative and find a way yeah I mean the the whole movie just I mean it looks stunning and just doesn't look like it was it was done on any any form of like tiny budget. Um, I, I mean it, it won a, it won an award for its cinematography, didn't it? And and uh, yeah, it you, did. It was good. You can entirely see why. I mean, it, it just looks stunning. Yeah, um, that was a good. You know, so um, yeah, I I was I mean I was kind of blown away with with what you've managed to do with with, with the level of funding that you're you're kind of obviously dealing with with uh, with this sort of thing. You mentioned the the uh, effects house. How did they get involved? Uh, it's a really it's a really good story for um, you know any British or any indie filmmakers really because we you know we 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 limped over the finish line of, of principal photography yeah. after three hard years of sacrifice, couch surfing, everything. Um, any penny we had had to go into the film but during that process I mean we did a Kickstarter campaign 
for the last, and I'm talking for five grand, you know, these are the lumps of money, lumps of money we're looking for. Yeah. Um, and cause you naturally get a bit of social media, uh, activity around that anyway. Yeah. And, um, there was an, an editor over in LA at the time who's seen a, a rough t- trailer that I'd cut together and he got in touch and said, Hey, I've seen this trailer. It's just the kind of movie I always want to work on. And he did like good music videos and commercials Yeah. over in LA. I said, well, we'll stay in touch when the film's finished. We'll, you know, maybe, you know, because you don't just hand it over, even though it's, you, you, even though you've got no money, you're still precious over who you give it to. But me and this guy became almost like pen pals um, <laughs> in LA while we were finishing making the film. And by the time the film was finished, I was like, it's you, you're the editor because we like all the same stuff. You get my vision. And that was uh, Dean Gonzalez, who's uh, now based in Chicago. Yeah. So he's working on the edit and some post-production guys come in and say, hey, what's that on your, your screen? It looks really cool. He says, oh, it's, it's some British guy. He's got no money, but I'm doing it just because I like it. Oh, we, we want to get in on that. That sounds good. Okay, give you the details. And so these turned out to be, it was two people, um, Gil Barron and Ryan, Ryan Urban, <laughs> and uh, the creative director of Method Studios over in the US. Yeah. And it's great because Gil Barron started out his career doing like The Matrix <laughs> and he's to like the, the, I mean, like, I, I googled him minutes before we had a Skype, and I suddenly got really intimidated. Like, <laughs> after the Skype, and um, they got like between the two of them, they had Jupiter ascending for the on their VFX showreel. Um, <laughs> so I was like, this could be good, and they and they said to me, um, "Okay, Chris, you like the film? You like your story behind the making of this film? Um, have you got any money at all?" I said, "No." So can you okay? Well, can you cover our costs, like expenses? I said, look, a day, a day expenses for you is a day's filming for me, and I still got, I still had shots I had to get. Yeah. So, so, well, let us go away and have a think about it. And they spoke to their main producer at the LA office. A week later, they came back and said, okay, we've we've got a green light. We're going to do it. <laughs> and that was it. And like literally, you know, we finished filming um, in London. The last scene that I pretty much got straight on a plane over to Chicago where they were based yeah. they had a studio and um, we ended up off the back of it getting the VFX the editing the sound design and um, the colour grading as well with all the best top facilities and and it was so nice to be in that environment a proper you couldn't get a more professional setup no matter what budget you had <laughs> you know and there was a blank check attitude towards it yeah you know, that they were and and God knows what kind of a bill we clocked up time wise in studios. No, the film's got the film's got five point one surround sound. You know, it's 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 got it's like four K resolution. It's got everything because it was done by people that just want to make beautiful films. Yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. only reason they did it. So it was like when you've got talent like that and they're doing it just and it's it's so much. It's it's nice when there's no money involved. They're just there because they want to be there, you know. And it's such a nice. But I'll never get this again. If I did a studio film or something, yeah, you wouldn't get that, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a pleasant yeah. experience. No, so just, yeah, I mean, I think the, the word just spread. People saw it and said, "Hey, that's the kind of thing I'd like to get involved in." Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's yeah. awesome because you you ended up um, having the the uh, soundtrack done by. Um, Chris Hayden from Florence and the Machine. <laughs> was that a similar kind of setup as well? Yeah, that was just random. I, I was at a, um, what was it? I'd got, I got some freelance job to write a 30 second commercial for a bingo 
a bingo website. <laughs> and I, was like, I was trying to find money, like, and um, so I met them at the Soho Hotel for this meeting. Yeah, and then we had a drink, and then I just got there was some after party in the Soho Hotel, and I didn't know. I think it was the TV Awards or something. I know, enemy. Anyway, some award ceremony, and I yeah. got talking to the this, this couple, and me and the guy just started talking about after a few drinks. I mean, you just you just click with yeah. another dude we yeah. talked about movies and soundtracks in movies and at the time we were talking about the film Drive and how good the soundtrack is and stuff yeah. like that and at the end of the night um, like his his fiance at the time came over and said so you you two have been rabbiting all night blah, 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 blah. So, so what do you do so well, I, I'm making a film and he said oh I'm, a, I'm, I'm in a band I said <laughs> oh and then his fiance said oh you two should work together we'll stay in touch she gave me her business card and I was like okay cool <laughs> and then later on it turned out his, his fiance who, who's now his wife and they've, they've got a baby and everything uh is also the manager of florence and the machine so she was the perfect person to go through you know so i yeah, about yeah. a month later i called up and said if, if you remember me or not but i was <laughs> like talking to your boyfriend a while ago and she went oh yeah chris how's it going Robert? <laughs> oh good so we, were, we, were, we were wondering if you'd call and then she put me in touch with Chris Hayden and we met up and we talked about it. And again, we talked about that there's no money, but, you know, uh, and they said, no, no, we want to do it. Yeah. And that was it. And, and it was good because then you know, he spent like a year, most of a year just diving in and out of it, you yeah. know, when he had some inspiration and he had some, rather than working, you know, it's not, it's not creativity at gunpoint for yeah. an artist that they get to dip into it. And when he had an idea, he'd send it to me and we'd try it on the film. So that, so that was just luck. That was just luck and, <laughs> and, and just making sure that when you talk about your your project, that you love it, and then people will pick up on that and say, "Okay, let's give me a go," you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's an extraordinarily uh, useful bit of of luck to to come across just to trip over a musician. <laughs> I know it's true. I mean, you need to be lucky as well, no matter how hard you work. You need well, a bit of luck. Yeah, I always say you can be the most talented person in the world in 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 that sort of entertainment business, but you do need a certain amount of luck to be able to get anywhere. You know, it's right place, right totally. time. Quite a lot of the time. Um, well, listen, right, right place, right time. So be in as many places at as many times as you can. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that was the strategy. So yeah, no. Well, it seems to have worked. Um, in terms of the the script for the film, because uh, you're the uh, you're the writer as well, so um, where did the idea for the story come from? I'm not quite sure. It's just one of the. Th- I was one of them people where I'd, I'd I'd watch, I'd sit and watch documentaries on Bigfoot, werewolves, alien abduction, parallel <laughs> universes, you know, uh, spirituality, previous lives, reincarnation. Um, from from a kind of a scientific point of view, I, I like yeah. all that stuff. I always found it interesting. And, I, and and at the time, I'd written a short story about a girl that gets hypnotized and remembers her past lives, and it was quite a nice little cute short story. Yeah. And it was at the time the producer said because he'd optioned the script, but then he had a bit of a fallout with the writer. So right. he said, "Well, I've started planning a production, but now I've got no script." I said, "Okay, well," he said, "Can you like?" adapt one of your short scripts i said well it doesn't work like that well actually <laughs> actually yeah it can yeah <laughs> and so it was just one of the things i was i was kind of i found interesting and used to write about and then when i, when I looked at the, the smaller version of the idea i thought actually yeah this can be really scaled up because you know what what's the premise 
of reincarnation as a, as a storytelling platform. Well, it's any story ever told, ever. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, no, anyone who's ever lived. So, okay, so it's not really a story. It's, it's, um, it's a mechanic yeah. for a film. Uh, so it was, it was a, lot, a lot of work went into writing it because it was like, okay, now you're, you're almost audush, auditioning um, people's lives to go into your film, you know. And I spent a long time trying to, because people talk about reincarnation and previous lives and they're always Cleopatra or King Arthur or something, you know. And, yeah. and I thought, statistically, you'd just be a peasant. Most people ever were peasants. <laughs> yeah. And I looked into it and most periods in like ancient history, the biggest cause of death was murder. That's <laughs> like how most people died. <laughs> so there's just a lot of morbid research to do. So yeah, yeah. I started off, I mean, I could have happily made a film about alien abduction, yeah. you know, Bigfoot, whatever. But at the time, I was just kind of researching that particular topic. Yeah, and you actually went under some hypnotic regression stuff as well. I, was that just sort of research to see what it was like? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was, um, it was, a, bit, it was a bit strange because... I'd already written Scopia yeah. and, and started filming Scopia. And then when I went into the, I've got to do this because I can't make a film about it and not do it. Yeah. And then my girlfriend bought me it as a surprise. Randomly, I was like, okay, this is happening. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was one of those gifts where it's like, do you like it? Yeah, you don't like it. I do like it. No, no, you don't like it. But um, and I, it was strange. I mean, I, I went into it. I'm very open-minded about it. Like I say, I, I find all this stuff really interesting anyway, yeah. not just from a storytelling point of view, but just in general. Yeah. I knew that the hypnotist woman, who was really highly recommended apparently, was aware of the film, knew all about it. So I, I was cautious. I didn't want her to think I was just there scoping it out as a cynical writer or yeah. I, I, you know I, I wanted her to know that look I'm genuinely giving this a go um, and so she did the hypnosis process and and luckily I, I kind of got it quite accurate to the film um, and then weirdly she it's like open your eyes what do you see you know it's like close your eyes what do you see tell me where you are and I was for the first time in my life there was nothing and I've, I've never been able to close my eyes and, and clear my mind until the moment there was a bit of pressure on me <laughs> to conjure something up in my mind. I was like, nothing. <laughs> but eventually, images started to come to me. Yeah. And it was, the first one was like 17th century France in a, in a barn. And I was like, gosh, that's, that's my film. <laughs> but I, was under, I felt so much like under pressure. I thought, I'll just keep going with it. Yeah. <laughs> and she won't know until I've left, until <laughs> I've long gone. Um, and then the second one was a bit weird. I don't know where it came from. And then the third kind of previous life that I kind of, you know, uh, visualised was, was was not anything to do with my film. I don't know where that was like ancient Rome. No <laughs> idea where that came from. So I think it, I think it's interesting because I think it does get down to deep parts of parts of the mind that you know you don't usually delve into. And I think if you close your eyes, go into it's a, such a deep relaxation, and start asking the brain, "Where are you? What can you see?" Eventually, your brain will, will give you something, you know, yeah. like a vision yeah. or image. And where, the, where, where those images come from, I don't know. But uh, yeah. but either way, I think it's really helpful. What I found because I've had um, like a spine injury for quite a few years, um, I, and I I did genuinely feel a lot better because I think I think my brain incorporated it into these flashbacks. Um, and according to my hypnosis, it was based on a trauma in a previous life. 
which <laughs> I thought might happen. That's the nature of the yeah. hypnosis. Yeah. Um, but it did help. Like it, it did help with my back. Uh, amazingly. So I, I think it's. Um, I think it's a good thing. I think it helps people. You know, and it's and it's a brilliant storytelling premise well yeah i mean that that's the kind of interesting thing with the, whether whether you believe it is genuinely past not lives or not that those those i i think you know it's your brain trying to tell you something in some way so so whether whether it is genuinely a past life or whether it's something that your brain is is uh you know manifesting to 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 try and tell you something or, or help you in some way um as long as it yeah, does the job i, I don't I have a problem with it yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, the brain, the human mind is capable of incredible things. You know that. Yeah. You know, where it pulls things. From. I don't think it makes any difference to me. But yeah. I, I like all that stuff. You know, the, the, the next films that I'm writing are they're more about the mind, if you know, than than the universe. But yeah, I like all. It's a, it's powerful stuff. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you say when the when the first one came up, you were thinking it's a guy in a barn, and oh, that's my script. You never, you never yeah. know. Maybe, maybe that was a past life you kind of subconsciously wrote, <laughs> and it just do, happened do, to do then know, come up. Do you know what? To be honest, when I when I wrote the script, I was like, okay, let's think of a previous life, and I closed my eyes, <laughs> well, and I and I had a good hard think, and that popped in there. So well, there you go. I guess it's a similar process. <laughs> So uh, we've we've been on for about half an hour. So I'll, I'll just a couple more questions. What are you uh, What are you doing next? I've got a few things in the pipeline. I want to stick within the genres of sci-fi and horror. Um, there's a horror film that had a bit of interest called Storm. That's on my MDB actually. Yeah, I know two on the IMDb. So so that yeah, that one's um, two. I mean, and, and that's Scopia is the Scopia effect is very existential, multi-layered. You know emotional deep meaningful film um storm it's a creative detox you know it, it's a classic gothic horror and it's kind of inspired by there's a film called the entity from the right. 80s yes i, I vaguely <laughs> remember that yeah so it's basically the entity meets wreck right mod, which is a modern modern day horror okay and it's two girls who uh hold up in their tiny manhattan apartment to ride out Hurricane Sandy. So it's set on the night of Hurricane Sandy during the, the, the blackout in Manhattan. Right. And uh, there's an evil entity in the room with them. So they face the storm outside or the terror inside the apartment. So that's that's uh, that's one that I've been working on. And, um, and that's had quite a bit of interest. So yeah. I'm hoping to get that up and running this year. It's, it's very commercial. You know, you, I think you alternate between your artistic films and your, <laughs> your Hollywood films. Yeah, totally. but it, it's fun. You know, it's fun. It's, it's it's a popcorn film. You can stick it on, and you'll feel sick or out of breath by the time it's finished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that, that does sound that that does sound uh, like quite quite a, a fun movie. It's interesting as well. You've gone from like something which is is got this huge scope of being able to do anything to to basically two people's trapped in an apartment <laughs> well i did it back to front the, the producer on the scopia effect always wanted to make a film for a first film two people in, in, a, in a location yeah and i always said i'll do that for my second film <laughs> well, there you so, go. I, that was very intentional just to, to i wanted to do the opposite of what yeah. most people do yeah yeah um, and there's, there's another script i've worked on a few scripts this year um but I kind of co-written, and there's there's a, a few things going into production. Yeah, there's there's one particular film that I've written, which is pure, so, so so Storm is pure horror, 
And then there's another one I'm writing, which is pure sci-fi. And that's based on two astronauts who um, who kind of bounce off the Earth's atmosphere and miss their traje- trajectory back into Earth. And they, they hurtle off into space, never to return, to go. And they, they end up basically going on a kind of a mind-bending odyssey. So that's clearly inspired by classics like 2001 Space Odyssey and stuff like that. And that's 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 highbrow sci-fi, that one. Yeah. Um, I'm really get that off the ground this year it's that, heavy stuff i like the sound of that that sounds that sounds like my sort of movie <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 aimed at us i think this one <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> so they're, they're the two main projects coming into this year so okay cool. i think stall is likely to go first because it's yeah. you know yeah. it's a more traditional model for a film yeah yeah, but uh, that the yeah that the uh, the sci-fi one sounds good as well. I like the sound of Storm as well. I mean, they both sound pretty good. So uh, so that that'll be. Well, awesome. It depends what you, if you're in the mood for something you know a, a classic horror film with some chicks, and you've got Storm, and if you want some <laughs> you know walk out of the cinema and feel like it's changed you, <laughs> then you've got Anomaly. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, one final question, which which we always ask people when they come on the show, because um, we cover a lot of TV shows on the website. We always ask, what is um, have you got any favourite TV shows, either either current things, things you're watching now, or, or things that you really love and go back to? Yeah, two. I'm going to say two. Go on. Really, I know I, I was not anticipating that question, but two things sprung to mind. I recently watched um, a Japanese anime series called Death Note. Okay. Which, uh, which I'm a very apparently I'm, I'm a really like I'm a I'm, I'm a latecomer. It's been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I, and I finally watched it on um, Netflix, and and it was like 35 episodes, and it was just brilliant. So Death Note was okay. just some of the best storytelling from a conceptual point of view. It was just that I thought I wish I'd thought of that idea, and it wouldn't surprise me if there was um, a Western version soon, be it Hollywood or TV, whatever. Yeah. Uh, one thing I always go back to, I, I always go. I, I don't really watch much TV apart from that. It's always movies like Blade Runner, yeah, two thousand and one, yeah. um, David. <laughs> uh, and there's, 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 I'm a bit of a geek. There's a, a manga series called Evangelion, and right. I okay. always go. It's classic. I, I mean, if I'm one of them people. I think let's watch TV, and I go, Nah, let's watch Evangelion <laughs> again. <laughs> Yeah, so very, very much into your your uh, your manga and and uh, animated anime stuff. Yeah, big time. I love it. Yeah, I love it a lot. Oh, cool. Yes, you get on very well with Chris, who who is is one of our uh, podcast co-hosts. He's massively into his manga. <laughs> oh, we geek out big time. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Um, okay, it's been uh, been lovely to talk to you. I shall let you get back to your evening. Um, and uh, if if the other two movies go or one of the other two movies go you'll have to come back on and talk about this definitely yeah i'd be happy to that would be great awesome right uh thanks for talking to me i will uh, speak to you soon hopefully cheers brilliant thanks david bye bye so that was the interview with christopher butler about his movie the scopia effect if you want to get hold of it it comes out on dvd on february 15th um it's worth going to get it looks fantastic looks really good so uh scopia effect uh february 15th um here's some air date news first up we have the royals season two coming to the e channel on the 10th of february at 9 p.m i've never seen an episode of that <laughs> this, is, this uh, is the show that yeah. starts uh liz hurley is the queen <laughs> 
Okay. Um, yeah. Right. So um, that kind of tells you all you really need to know about that. Um, it, it's apparently very camp and very funny, but um, uh, it, yeah, and, but sort of played sort of straight, but obviously knows that it's not supposed to be played straight. I think is the is the kind of premise they're going for, uh, and it's kind of an American take on what the on, on a on a sort of fictional royal family. Uh, but that's back <laughs> for a second season, tenth uh, of February, nine pm. That's back. Um, second skin this is the kim cattrall canadian version which is a remake of an english tv show that's back for a second season on sky arts that's on the 11th of february at 8 50 that's coming back uh happy valley season two comes on bbc one that's coming at some point in february we haven't got the exact date for that yet um fortitude season two um they're saying Sky Atlantic is saying Fortitude. that that was that was the thing all set in uh, it's set in a little town. Um, oh, in, yeah, I remember in the that. Arctic. Yeah, yeah. Um, very, kind of slightly trippy first season that they had uh, with that, but it was it was really good. I I really enjoyed it. Um, should be arriving around October, so some point in the autumn. But they're never exact air dates at this far out, so um, they're saying that. Um, Oh yeah, this was this is part of uh, next show, yeah, Billions, which is a show starring Damien Lewis and Paul Giamatti, uh, uh, Mach- Machiavellian politics and finance drama starring Damien Lewis is a brilliant but cutthroat hedge fund boss, and Paul Giamatti is the U.S. attorney. It's coming to Sky Atlantic. It's actually a Showtime show in the US, and the reason that it's coming to Sky Atlantic is because they've done the same deal that they did with HBO, uh, in that they they from now on forward, if it's a show on HBO or if it's a show on Showtime, it will come to Sky Atlantic. Did they do that for uh, Game of Thrones? Because that is uh, yeah, kind of the same way. Yeah, yeah the, the, that's. Uh, but what they what they did actually was because Game of Thrones is on HBO. It means any show that comes onto HBO or any show from now on that comes onto Showtime will come to Sky Atlantic automatically. Um, okay. So if you spot a show that you like the look of that's on Showtime in the US, it will be on Sky Atlantic over here. That only applies to new shows, not stuff that already have deals in place. So on the wire. Um, oh dear. <laughs> yeah, well, no, actually, they they, they get. <laughs> the, it's interesting. They get the back catalog of shows so they do get oh, things okay. like the wire yeah. so but um like with hbo it was a case of uh, true blood was already sold to fox so therefore they didn't get true blood um and this same applies for this so uh, homeland which is a showtime show in the u.s is staying with channel four um masters of sex which is a showtime show is staying with channel four that way won't move to sky atlantic they'll stay where they are okay. but once that's all over or if Channel 4 decide they're not going to pick it up for whatever reason, the rights will revert to Sky Atlantic automatically. And it I also, really highly doubt that Channel 4 would yeah, drop Homeland. It, or, yeah, so do that, I. Or they move it to E4 or something. Yeah, like but I, I, I extremely, I, I, same as you, I don't think they would drop Homeland. But it does mean that if, they, if for some reason they decided they were going to, it would automatically revert to Sky Atlantic afterwards. Um Huh? So, and it means that if there are repeats of it, you can probably get them on Sky Atlantic later, and that so that includes things like box sets of of old Showtime shows as well. So, oh, cool. uh, I think Huff yeah, I'm yet is to one see. Of those I'm yet things. to see The Wire, and I heard that was really good. Um, yeah, I think that's why I mentioned that. Um, that that was certainly on Sky um, on on the Sky on Demand uh, 
for a while. I don't know whether it still is, but they, they certainly have the rights to it. So it was on Sky on Demand for a while. It might be worth going to look yeah. to see if it's still there. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's billions uh, coming to... Uh, at some point, we don't know when exactly yet, but that will come, I imagine, fairly close to the US air date because I don't see any reason why it wouldn't. Uh, mm. I think we're quite lucky with uh, Game of Thrones and Walking Dead. Yeah. To get them, um, like, the day after. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're, they're again, Game of Thrones this year, they're simulcasting it. Um, the first episode is, is being simulcast with the US at, like, 2 a.m. So I'd like to be asleep at 2 <laughs> <laughs> Yes, same with me. Mm. Um, so uh, there's that. There's uh, Mid-Morning Matters with Alan Partridge. That's back for a second season on the 16th of February. Um there's Poldark season two that BBC have said that's coming back in the autumn. If you're waiting for Hayden Turner with his shirt off to turn up again, uh, <laughs> uh, the blacklist season three, part two is due at some point towards the end of February, but we haven't got an exact date for that yet. Um, I've, uh, I haven't seen that yet, but I've heard that's good as well. Yeah. The blacklist is a really good show. Um, it's yeah. certainly if you like things like Homeland and that sort of stuff. Um, it, it's yeah. not quite as straight as Homeland, but it's got a bit more humour in it. But um, James Spade is absolutely brilliant in that. It's really, really good. Did he do uh, Ultron? Yes, yes, he did the voice yeah. for Ultron. I, I, thought that name, I thought I'd heard that name before. Someone. Yes, mm. and was in the original movie version of Stargate as well. Um, <laughs> So uh, Muppets Season 1 Part 2 is due back at some point in March. That I'm quite interested to see because I know they've done some retooling on that show. So that Yeah, could I be heard quite... that it wasn't very good. I wasn't I... entirely interested, but I heard it wasn't very good. I, uh... I quite enjoyed it, but it wasn't quite working. So I'm, I'm sort of interested to see what they come back with, having kind of... I think they've had a showrunner change and some script writing changes and... So right. the second half could be dramatically different to the first half. Um, so right. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it comes back. Uh, Supergirl, this is going yeah. to annoy some people. Supergirl season one, part two, not coming back until the 1st of April. Um, so, yeah, that's lagging a bit behind everything Just else. Just before I turn 22. <laughs> oh, is it really? Mm. Well, 17th of April. Ah, yeah, same month. Very good. Yes. Yeah, so I'll just about still be 21. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, that's... I'll wait patiently. <laughs> first of April, that's coming back. Um, so that... What did, what did you think of the first part of... Uh, I, of I quite enjoyed it. I'm, I liked it a lot, yeah. Um, I, I thought it's interesting. Definitely got the flash fun factor. Yes. Because Arrow's a lot more. Yeah, darker, it's a lot. Uh, it's a lot darker on Arrow. I think it it's got more in common with Flash than it has us with uh, with Arrow. Uh, yeah, I would say. Um, yeah. It was quite good. I I wasn't entirely convinced by the Red Tornado makeup, but <laughs> that's the only real kind of dodgy villain I think they've had so well, far. I thought most of the CG looked good. Yeah, yeah, the CG was all right. Mm. I think they just about got away with it. Um, nice to see Martian Manhunter in there. You know. Uh, I think that was that yeah. was quite a good pickup. So yeah, I'm I am looking forward to that coming back. It's been good. Penny Dreadful season three will return on the third of May at nine pm. They've announced. Um, mm. I still haven't watched the second season of that. I really enjoyed the I first season, but I haven't got around to the second. When yet. I was watching uh, Game of Thrones on demand, uh, seasons one to four, one to four, um, and I think maybe. Twice every episode, I saw an advert for for Penny Dreadful. It yeah. might have just been coming back at that time, but 
Yeah, it's um, it's worth looking up. Takes a bit of time to get into, but it's worth looking up. Um, Tyrant Season 3, Fox have announced they've got it, but we don't know exactly when that's going to turn up yet. Uh, what else we got? Night Shift Season 2 coming to Sony on the 8th of March at 9pm. Sony? Uh, Sony Entertainment Television Channel. Where was that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what number it is. Uh, Sony... Is that- is that a uh, maybe PlayStation thing? They no, do no, have no, some kind no. Of... no, no. You're right, they no. do, but no. Sony, Sony, uh, Sony have a uh... never heard of that at all. Yeah, there it goes. <laughs> um, the original season three. Um, this is this is an odd one because it's appearing online, and I don't mean illegally online because you know, uh, but it's actually legally mm-hmm. appearing um to on itunes you can get it on amazon oh like um, a, yeah, yeah online I, service yeah as online service yeah. so you can buy the individual episodes up to season up to episode 10 i think or nine something like that um so the episodes are being released but uh they're not it, the show hasn't come out on on sci-fi which is where it usually runs over here there appears to be some sort of rights issue problem um yeah hopefully they'll get it sorted out and it'll turn up at some point. But if you can't wait for it, you can legally go and get it from Amazon. You can legally go and get it from iTunes on either of those places. So Does that mean you have to watch it on your computer or your iPad? Or, um, depends or Depends if, A, if you've got an Apple TV, if you've got iTunes, um, or you can plug your computer directly into oh, yeah, TV. Apple TV. So you could do that. Yeah. Uh, and if, you've, if you buy it off Amazon, it will run through um, any Amazon app. And if you've got a Xbox, you can run it through that oh right so uh you know so that's how i run it I, at home. I just run it through the amazon app okay. so you can do it that way but yeah so it's if if you're desperate to get hold of it and, and want to kind of get it legally in the uk you can buy it off itunes or off amazon there is a show which uh was commissioned by hulu which we were talking about last week and then literally a couple of days later uh the fox announced that they bought it it's called 112263 or 221163 because we're english and we spell things the right way around um <laughs> it uh, does confuse me sometimes yeah, when i, I see a trailer or something for something yeah. and i'm like wait a minute is, <laughs> yeah you know, but it, it's fine especially if, if, if it's like let's say it's like first of the ninth and it's the start of the year i'm like is that january yeah like, or is that or is that the first of february or is that the second yeah. of yeah um yeah so uh, Odd yeah. Name, but. uh so 112263 um it's a time another time traveling show um about the kennedy assassination drama it stars james franco um oh it, it's not thinking anything for a while no it's um it's about him being sort of sent back to stop the kennedy assassination assassination i seem to remember um but sort of ends up finding quite liking his life back there uh so uh yeah it, that that's sort of the premise of it i'm interested in that um it's going out on hulu in the u.s so i wasn't sure we were going to get it but fox have picked it up over here so uh so will he be the lead in that? Yes, he's, the, that. he's yeah. the lead in that. I think it's a limited series, so I think it may only be one series. Um, mm. we'll, we'll see. So I'm glad to see that's coming over. But, uh, yeah, spring-ish, they've said for that, but we don't know exactly yeah. when. Um, there was a thing that was posted on Twitter today which seemed to imply that Luke Cage, the next of the uh, Netflix like, shows coming, um, it seemed to imply that it's coming in November. But um because there was a script with like cage hyphen november on it so don't know whether that's uh, genuine or not but but uh well i mean it 
it seems to be genuine. Whether that is what that meant, we don't know. I mean, it could be the name of an episode for all we know. So, <laughs> so uh, mm. yeah, it, but it seems to apply that's, imply that's coming November. Um, and the X-Fox, uh, the X-Files miniseries coming to Channel 5, um, we will find out an exact date at some point this week, possibly even tomorrow. Uh, but they have said it's coming the second week of February. So that's the week starting the 8th of February. It will be at, on at some point that week, but we don't know exactly when yet. Uh, so, and that's, that's the X-Files miniseries. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing how that plays out because X-Files would be very hit and miss, certainly over the last yeah. few years with the film. So, um, so we'll see. Um, then next week on TV, you've got uh, tomorrow night, seventeenth, twelfth, uh, sorry, twenty seventh of January. You've got Mythbusters season eleven. That's the final season of that coming back. Um, you've also got a nine o'clock tomorrow night, uh, Madam Secretary season two coming back to Sky, coming to Sky Living, um, Backstrom season one part two. That's also at nine o'clock tomorrow night. <laughs> uh, that's the Rain Wilson show. And uh yeah, that's all for tomorrow. Twenty eighth of January, Good Wife season seven, that's uh coming at nine o'clock on uh more four. Agent Carter season two, uh twenty-eighth at nine PM, that's coming to Fox. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I yeah. am looking forward to that. I was kind of skeptical well. on the first season because I didn't really know kind of what it yeah. would be. Yeah. And I was like, this is all it right. found its feet eventually, it was... yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took its time. Um, so 28th at 9pm, that's coming back to Fox. Elementary Season 4 Part 2, that comes back on the 28th as well at 9pm. That's on Sky Living. Suits also comes back. That's the second half of Season 5. That's coming on the 1st of February at 10pm. Grim Season 5 Part 2, that's coming on the 2nd of February on to watch at 9pm. And uh, finally, South of Hell, season one, uh, is coming to Pick TV. This is a supernatural horror drama starring Mina Savari as a demon hunter for hire, and that's coming 2nd of February at 10pm, and that's to Pick TV. Uh, so don't know any more about it than that, but uh, could be one to watch out for. And I think that's everything for this week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, saw, I saw in your schedule around April that it might end up being Tuesday would be Flash, Wednesday would be Arrow, Thursday will be Legends of Tomorrow and Friday will be um, Supergirl. Uh, yeah. It's, so that's going to be pretty busy. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. They they seem to have managed to kind of line them all, all up. I think the... Uh, yeah, you're right, actually. That that will yeah. be uh, that will be the case. Uh, I don't know why they're waiting a month to bring Supergirl back when the others are coming back on the 1st, 2nd and 3rd of March and then for some reason they're waiting a month and that's coming back on the 1st of... April. So when is uh when Supergirl wearing the rest of itself in uh that, in that may be US. why it's probably something to do with the way uh, it's scheduled in the US because of the way CBS air it and the others are on the CW. I'm guessing. Um, oh yeah, that's not a CW, is it? Yeah, so yeah, it's not a CW show. It's a CBS show. Yeah. Um, so I, I suspect that's probably why there's probably some something odd going on with the airing over there. Um, yeah. And that's why there's an extra month difference. But who knows? <laughs> Walking Dead's back in a few weeks as well. Yes, so yes, Walking Dead's back yeah. very soon as well. So um, that's everything for this week. If you want to uh, 
come on and find more air date information you come to geektown.co.uk during the week if you want to get in touch with us you can email us at podcast at geektown.co.uk or leave a message on this website post um, you can find us on twitter at geektown and you can find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown that's everything i will be back next week we'll talk to you then bye bye even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 